Hola, everybody. Welcome to the Unicorn Millionaire Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Stover. I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach helping my first-gen clients become millionaires. I'm a formerly undocumented Mexican-American and currently digital nomad traveling all over the world. And I'm super excited to have you here along with me on my journey. I talk about personal finance, money mindset, working, unicorns, rainbows, you name it. We're here, we're queer, and we are going to build wealth for ourselves and our communities. Hi, Susana. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm well. Excited for this. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. I'm super excited to have you on. This is the first time we're talking, but yes. we're out here. We are out here honey. doing it. Yes. And I'm here with the original Zaddy, the hey, unicorn Zaddy. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Yes. So my name is Susana Cardona. I am the founder of Colectiva Brands and the Momish community. They are, well, one of them is an online platform for POC moms. And the second is a brand building agency. And I focus on helping women and POC communities build their legacy brands. Yeah. I'm super excited to talk yes. about branding at first, since we hadn't really yeah. talked before, but I was excited yeah. to have you on since we met in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you started talking about was branding. I was like, oh, that is so juicy and something that we have not really talked about specifically. on this podcast i'm excited to dive into the difference between like money making as a business versus branding and how people Mm -hmm. think they're the same thing but first i want to hear about your your background where are your parents from where are you from where are you now how how it started how it's going you know okay let's do it (laughs) so i was born in southern california san diego i'm a southeast girl my parents are south american so my father's from colombia my mother is from chile And um, they were really incredible. I think that right now in terms of like the pan Latin feels in the world, which I love, um, it's very, very different from the 80s in Southern California. So being like a South American kid in Southern California, we ate different foods. We, our culture was different. So I was definitely an outlier in an already marginalized community, obviously. Mm -hmm. The strong sort of Latino community is the Chicano and Mexican community in um, and a little bit of Central America in that time in in Southern California. And so when I was 16 years old, I decided that I was going to move one other place where I knew someone else. And I knew that there was going to be other people that ate the weird things that I ate and (laughs) listened to the weird music that I listened to. And so I decided to pack up and move to New York City. And so I have been a New Yorker for the vast majority of my life. Um, And so I like to say that I'm a New Yorker with West Coast roots. What's up? I love yeah. that. I'm in yeah. LA now and you're in New York. And so we were just mm-hmm. talking about how we did not move to these places for the cost of living. No, <laughs> no, no one does. Yeah, I was a kind of broke punk little kid. And so yeah. I definitely, I moved from um, sort of like an under-resourced area and very working class community to more working class communities. Because I think that you, there's a, there's a certain level of like home and comfort in, you know, being amongst people that are not judging you and they're kind mm-hmm. of in the struggle with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So you got to New York, you're yeah. young, bright-eyed, optimistic. Did you have like a job? Did you study? Like what? Like we then then what happened? Yeah. So I I came to school here. So I came to school and then I registered for college. Um, I've always worked. So I've been, I was one of those little kids that, you know, I've been working and trying to make money since I was, I don't know, little elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, because money was always a topic in my household that was you know, spoken about in a very negative light. There never was enough. We didn't have money. My mom was definitely one of those, like, what do you want me to pay? You know, de donde quieres que yo saque ese dinero, like type mm-hmm. of, you know, mentality. And so I always knew um, that money was something that was necessary and that I had to figure out and be very good at how to make it, right? So um, I wasn't, you know, the type of kid that grew up being scared of money. I just knew that that was something that I had to figure out how to make. And so I've always worked. Yep. I've worked, I've worked, ran the gamut of odd jobs. And how did you get into branding? Um, by accident. Right. And so I think that naturally I've always been um, a salesperson because I knew that sales was something, you know, I learned very early on that you are selling yourself. You know, you're on an interview, you're selling yourself, you're trying to get an apartment and you're underage, i.e. me, you have to sell, you know, the landlord or the broker that you're going to be able to make that rent, you're constantly selling. And so I took those sort of life skills and I applied them to uh, the nightlife industry. When I was in college, I needed something that made a lot of cash and that I could work very, very little hours. And so I ended up being a bartender, a waitress, a bottle girl. And that was how I spent my entire 20s. Um, and then fast forward into my 30s, I got recruited by um, one of the you know, largest um, privately owned liquor distributors in the Northeast. And so um, I was building brands and selling you know, some of the biggest liquor brands in the world for an entire decade. And then um, after working in a very male dominated male energy industry, um, if you can imagine, you know, what that's like, I'm sure a lot of us know what that's like. Mm-hmm. I decided that the, you know, upon my 40th birthday, I was going to leave and launch my own business because I decided that I no longer wanted to build other people's dreams. I yeah. wanted to build my own and I wanted to take on the types of projects that I had always been passionate about. And so I launched Colectiva. Yeah, that's that's why I launched my business. I was tired of working for the white men. I learned a lot about how they yeah. function. And I was like, yeah. let me just take the good and mm-hmm. try to forgive the bad and move on. Yeah. And that's how I started my business too. So yeah, why are you so passionate about branding now? Oh, I don't think that, you know, people in marginalized communities, and that's all of us, right? So when I speak to us, I mean, all of us, I mean, black and brown folks, I mean, queer folks, I mean, women, I I mean, if you have ever been on the down and down, right, on the shit end of the stick, this is who I'm talking to, right? We don't understand the power of brand, because we are largely, largely just consumers of brands. We don't understand how brands um, affect our life the way that we, that we think and move and, and move throughout the world, right? And so when I, you know, spent the past decade learning how people and watching how men build up this powerful thing, even more powerful than a business, right? Because we talked a little bit earlier about the difference between uh, business and brand. 
um, and how people will wait in line, how, how people will take their last hard-earned dollar and spend it on a brand, not a product, on a brand because it makes them feel a certain way, because it makes them feel like they are aligned with a certain community. Um, you know, I, I realized right then and there, I was like, oh man, we're doing something wrong. When I, you know, had so much access to so much consumer data and statistical data in that, you know, uh, black and brown folks are the biggest consumers, consumers, not build, not brand builders, not business owners, but we're one of the biggest consumer demographics in the United States, which is the biggest consumer market, right? And that we spend so much money, but all we talk about in our communities is deficit and how we don't have enough money, but yet we spend so much money trying to shield ourselves with these brands that either are going to make us feel better or make us feel a part of something. Right then and there, I was like, oh, I need to share this information with my community. I need to let them know what I have learned because keeping it to myself is not the way that I was raised, right? That's not that's not indigenous to Latinos. We're communal people. And so I was like, I know this shit. I'm going to share this with every single person that I know. Yeah. yeah, I love it. And I relate a lot to what you're saying because yeah, we buy a lot of stuff. We're so like, I feel like Americans hate being told what to do, but they love being told what to buy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. We're a great like consumer market. We buy yeah. so much shit so much shit for a lot of different reasons. And I don't think that people understand that their purchasing power is incredibly strong and it's very emotional. So now when I get to work with female and POC founders, um, the stories that they are and the reasons why they are launching businesses and trying to go out there and change the trajectory of, you know, coming from poverty or coming from a life of like, of debt or deficit. It's such an emotional, it's not just, I want to build this brand to make money. It's, I want to build this brand to make money so that my kids don't have to go through what I went through so that I can take care of my parents so that I can send money home to my grandparents in the country of origin. I mean, there's so many reasons. And so that's why I call the brands that I build up legacy brands because I, the brands live longer than businesses. Brands are going to live past Charlie, past Susana, right? If you build a brand the right way, they will live way past you and they'll be able to feed and nurture the communities and the people long after you're alive. And so that is what is so, so incredibly important. And it's important for you to mention that you have to sell yourself as a brand, as a business owner. You yeah. have to sell yourself. You have to believe in your mission and what you do because there are going to be people who doubt you because everybody's not your ideal client. We're not a massive corporation. We're not Pepsi and Coca-Cola that's trying to sell as much product to everybody and their mother. We right. are trying to serve specific people. But something that I come across, people hide behind this excuse that they don't want to start a business because they're good behind the scenes people. They don't want to put themselves out there. And I'm like, the white man loves us being behind the scenes. So we're just buying their shit yeah. and increasing their stock prices. Yeah. So I've started to tell myself, I am not a behind the scenes person. Right. I am right. in front of the scenes person. And we need and more of us selling. I love that you said that because so many clients come to me and I will read their about page on their website. And I'm like, this doesn't say anything about you. You, when you are starting out a business, you are the business, you are the brand, right? And so 
you are not giving your potential consumer any points of connection. They just want to kind of stay because we're so used to being in the shadows. But I'm always like, why aren't you talking about the fact that you are a first generation person, right? Why aren't you talking about that you're queer? Why aren't you talking about that maybe, you know, there's so many things, there's so many identifying markers that make us who we are and that can potentially make that person want to buy into your business, want to buy into your brand simply because they saw themselves in your messaging. And, um, you know, I am one person and obviously because I am a brand marketer, right? I specifically, all of my Christmas gifting or holiday gifting is generally, um, I try to source, you know, and buy gifts that are either made from, you know, by women, their women um, owned companies or their POC owned companies, Um, so I'm very intentional and I feel like the Gen Zers are going to really push this messaging forward. But if we don't know that you are these things, right. Um, it's too hard to find you. It's too hard. So, you know, being showing up visibly showing up as you are and really representing the community or your history or telling your story is so, so powerful because it, that is what consumers align with right? Um, And people don't realize that. But, you know, I was just making this example the other day, if on our first day, you know, if you and I, we, 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 we just got a job, and we're showing up on the first day of of work, and we needed to go, go, go get ourselves like a work bag, we could go on, you know, Amazon and get ourselves a quick little work bag that is functional, and it hits all of the markers, great, we have ourselves a $30 work bag. Or we could go to Louis Vuitton and get ourselves a $3,000 work bag, it makes people think about you differently. And it also makes you show up and feel differently, right? Now, Louis Vuitton, don't give a shit about us, right? Doesn't give a shit about you, doesn't give a shit about me. But it, but the fact that it that brand makes people react to you in a certain way, and it also makes you feel a certain way, that is the power of brand. And, um, and that's what I'm trying to kind of teach my clients and my community. Yeah. And the brand is not the logo. I think also another thing stopping people, they see that Coca-Cola has a logo. We need a logo. And people, again, hide behind that excuse that, oh, I need to get a good logo. I need to get the merch. And then I'm like, no, you are the merch. You, you are, are the merch. The logo. I don't and you have guys, a fancy logo. I made mine on Canva. Are, <laughs> like, there are so many bad logos out there anyway. I just, yeah. I hate to tell you guys, but like, <laughs> I there's so many, most of your logos are bad right? Most of your logos are bad. I hate to say that. Wait, it's like a tattoo, right? Get something so that you can get started, Uh sell something, start learning who your market is, who is your customer, find out why they're coming to you. I guarantee you nobody is buying your shit because you have a nice logo. Mm -hmm. Nobody's buying your shit because you have a nice logo. They are buying your shit because their your brand is speaking to them in some kind of way and when you have enough money then you pay a professional brand designer to create a brand suite for you y'all can dm me afterwards to know what that is but you don't need that you don't even need a fancy website like i'm always like go sell something go test the market go talk to people show up the way that you're showing up on your instagram on you know show up and do classes share your information because that's what's really going to have people connect. And when there is an emotional connection, then there is a monetary connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think as business owners, people think that 
well, if I have to start my own business, they take a lot of the shit and the white supremacist baggage of professionalism that's really just a scam and a way for white people to control people and make them code switch and change how they talk to adapt to a white supremacist model. And then I went to the Puerto Rico conference. I've been working with for myself for three years. And I was like, fuck the professionalism. I'm going to dress yeah. how I want to dress. Right. I'm going to jam out at breakfast and move and dance. And then and were you out of like, stage. were you out of the water? Like everybody was doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Everybody yeah. was doing the same thing. And let me tell, I, I want to tell your audience, I want this message to go far and wide, as far as wide as it could go. But the big brands are looking at us. The big brands are looking at what's trending with us. What is authentic to us? Why the fuck are there so many? All, why is all of a sudden like white America so interested in fucking tacos? There's taco mm. places that are popping up everywhere. All of a sudden now it's like, now it's a thing, right? Now mm -hmm. matcha is a thing. We've been, listen, doing hello. That. We've been doing that, right? <laughs> So when we, when we start thinking about professionalism, and if you can, you, I can also give you another example in the luxury space, all of the major luxury brands now want to have sneaker collections, right? In the past, like shows, I don't know, for those of you guys who, who follow fashion, it's all, it's been all about like baby hairs and bamboo earrings and like brown lip liner. Uh, hello. Mm -hmm. Who's been doing that? That mm -hmm. was our shit right? That was mm -hmm. always our shit. Now Dia de Muertos is like one of the biggest selling marketing holidays in the United States. Mm -hmm. he hello, my, my Mexican and Central American communities, like we've been doing this shit. So the next time somebody tells you professional, you know, you have to show up professionally, I guarantee you that there is somebody paid in that company to start researching. What are the Latinos doing? What are mm -hmm. they into? Oh, Bad Bunny is in. Oh, Bad Bunny is the new guy. We knew that. We knew that from his mixtapes, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, Banda's a thing. Oh, we don't <laughs> every, we invent and make everything cool. Us. Yes. Us. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying that passionately because I fucking believe that. And because I've been on those teams that have had mm. to translate and bring big brands to sell, to sell to, you know, the POC demographic, because mm. I knew what was up and they didn't, fuck. what they have is the mm. money. What mm. we have is the fucking flavor. Yes. Oh my God. Put that on a t-shirt. Right? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Along with Zaddy. Yes. <laughs> flavor over money every day. But All day. You need money though. But you, you, We do need money. <laughs> we do need money. Listen, like capitalism, I always say that I just want to make more money so that I can do more good. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a 40 year old woman. I realize now and forever, like I'm never going to be the Birkin bag mom. That's just not who I am. I don't give a shit about Ferraris. I've been in them. I feel like they're small and they're uncomfortable. Yeah. That's not going to be where my money is at. Right. Like I like fancy things, but what I really want, I really want money so that I can invest in the next generation of you know, um, female and POC entrepreneurs. I want mm -hmm. our kids to do well. I want our kids to fucking go to school and not have to fucking get shot and they can take science and dance and language mm -hmm. and art. Like that's what the fuck I want to invent my, you know, invest my money in. So I'm very clear about my why. Um, and I think that working with wealthy people. So I, I, I always like to make this caveat. I have never worked in the public sector. I've only ever worked in the private sector and I've gotten to work for, not only wealthy white men, but wealthy Latino men. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I worked on one of the most successful privately owned tequila brands in the past decade, and that was Mexican owned. And what wealthy people and wealthy men will teach you, which I, I give thanks to them a lot, is that they're not scared about, you know, having to invest money in, yeah. or, because they understand that having to invest money, you gotta, you gotta spend money to make more money. They know that that's yeah, a game and that they're not personally, they're not personally tied to any of that shit. If they're in debt at the moment, and I'm talking about millions of dollars in debt, they don't feel no kind of way about it because they mm-hmm. know that they're going to just make it right back. There's a lot of money in the world. Tell, tell everybody the secret to money is that there's a lot of it. Yes. That's they it. can print more of it. And these yeah. white men know how to game the system because America is capitalist and they prefer corporations over people, which is what I'm teaching in my class. I just yes. saw that you signed Teach up that. for my business I did. I did. finances class. Yes. Like, yo, y'all need to separate your personal from your business finances. Your entire business can get its own social security number. And too many yeah. people don't know that this is what the millionaires do. They form corporations to buy property. They separate their social, their personal credit score from everything else. And millionaires are strategic with debt. Yeah. And I got a lot of comments from people being like, wait, you can be strategic with debt. It's not all evil. I'm like, millionaires take out mortgages. Millionaires borrow money and use it strategically. They have lots of debt. They have lots it's of it. Called, yeah, it's called leverage. Yeah. We call it debt. They call it leverage. Just like yeah. they call it negotiating and poor people call it regateando. Uh, What's that word? It's like um, a bad it's, word, but it's I like, forgot it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like haggling, haggling. Haggling. Yeah. It's a bad connotation. That mm. When rich people do it, oh, it's negotiating. Like yeah. rich people are, are cheap as fuck. When I watch Selling Sunset and the billionaires fuck. are like, no, I only want to buy it for 11.2. I can't do more than that. I'm like, y'all are cheap as hell. That's <laughs> why I'm saying that the poor in our communities are the best consumers because we don't know. And we don't realize that it doesn't mean shit. Like it doesn't fucking mean anything. I know millionaires that don't own cars. Meanwhile, we're dying to get the next Tesla just to like aparentar. I know millionaires that don't own homes. They don't own homes. Okay. All they do is just rent these crazy fucking, you know, townhouses, wherever they're at for the moment. And then they write it off on their company. They don't even own real estate. And so I think that there's like this myth of like los riquitos, los riquitos, right? But the reality is, is that they're just, they're just like us. It's just that they have like that inside track and they've been taught their entire life that money is not who they are. It's just a thing. It's just a game and you just have to learn how to play it. So for me, like credit scores and all, I know that shit fluctuates. It doesn't mean anything, right? And what's crazy is when you are able to sit in rooms with lots of lots of wealthy people, they're so goddamn interested in what the fuck we're doing. They're so interested. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Like we have the sauce. Don't forget that ever. Yeah. And I think as you're talking about how our personal connection, personal branding is important, I think um, you've probably thought about this a lot, but in the time Mm. of AI, when you can chat GTP, everything, that's why your personal human experience is more important than ever because chat GTP can't talk about how they're a first gen immigrant that feels the imposter syndrome of having more money than ever and still feeling guilty. Like, no. what, what are your thoughts about AI? I mean, first of all, shouts to my boyfriend, ChatGPT, because, you know, he's cute. But I still feel like, you know, it's a computer. It's, it's always going to require, it doesn't have a soul, right? I think that it's a tool. I'm never scared of the tools, right? Bring on the new tools to make our life easier. Um, 
big corporations have been using AI for, for a long time and now they've released it and now it's a lot more democratic. So I'm all for, I'm all for anything that is going to make our lives a lot easier. Now, are there caveats? Are there things that we need to, sure, with anything new, there's always going to be pushback and then there's always going to be, um, you know, there's always going to be some asshole that's going to like figure out how to like create a bomb with like AI. There's, I mean, we're talking about humanity. And if we keep expecting humanity to do the right thing, baby, we've been waiting a long time. You know what I'm saying? So it's like people been trying to wait for that for centuries. So I think that you just, you take the good with the bad, like anything else. It's like, it's like how capitalism works, right? Like I, not that I'm pro-capitalism, but I know that that shit ain't going nowhere. So I might as well learn how to fucking win. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that people, like people talk about the evils of capitalism, but I'm like, that's lost energy. Figure out how to fucking win and then put your energy somewhere else where we can win, right? Mm -hmm. Rich people are not going anywhere, people. Like rich Mm -hmm. people aren't going nowhere. So stop putting your, like giving your energy to the fucking rich people and let's figure out how to fucking get rich. Yeah. So that we can talk shit and eat tamales, you know, and like have our, have our good time together. You know what I mean? Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm all about what makes the most sense. And if it's AI today and the next thing tomorrow, I'm with it. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to figure it out. And, um, and I'm going to make, I'm going to see, use the tool to make my life better and to make the lives of my community better. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to take whatever they, they, they hand me and whatever they throw at us. I'm taking it. Yes. Yeah. Like I am an anti-capitalist as well, but for me, like you say, capitalism isn't going anywhere. We have the military industrial complex. The U.S. spends more money on tax dollars than education. Anything else. We have Isn't military it like 41% or some crazy shit, yeah. Like yeah, some crazy shit like that? Yeah. Some crazy shit like that. And that's literally to protect economic interests around the world. We have the most military bases all over. We have a fucking embassy in Greenland. Baby, we have four profit prisons. Like, can we really talk about it? Like, we have four profit prisons, which so many of our communities have been affected with. Mm -hmm. But they're trying to distract us with like, what we were talking about, pronouns. Yeah, And like, trans Mm -hmm. rights, which is like, when's the last when's the last time that we heard like somebody on the like trans are out here you know killing people or blocking people up in prison like Mm -hmm. it's a distraction right Mm -hmm. why are we getting we're so we're so um easily and that's the thing we're consumers again Mm -hmm. we're getting into like the we're consumers of news we're consumers of brands we're we're consumers Mm -hmm. of ridiculous ideology if we just stayed the path and focused on Okay, got it. So we need, what does that mean? If we spend 41% of our, you know, US income on the military, then I feel like we probably, that's a systematic issue. So then we need more people in the system to infiltrate from within, but nobody wants to hear that, right? I don't have all the answers. I know that today, from today to tomorrow, it's not going to change. What I can do from today to tomorrow is invest more in myself, physically invest my money and be smarter with my money, what you're doing. Right. And then Mm -hmm. help, you know, help my community 
build up sustainable companies and brands that are going to last beyond their lifetime. That's, that's, that's my contribution to the world. And I'm going to be rich as fuck so that I can be over here bailing people out when they got to be picketing on DC. I'm going to make more mm-hmm. money so that I can fucking pay for, you know, women to be able to do the, the procedures that they need to do. So they're not going through ridiculous shit. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's where my activism is going to come from, but it all comes down to capitalism. We can't do that from like our poor standpoint. We can't do that from like not having any resources or having a mind that is not, you know, in the growth mindset or, or we're, we're approaching life from, from disparity. It's not going to work. Yeah. And when you don't see good models of what rich people do, you obviously think they're all evil and you're like, well, I don't want to be a tech billionaire bro. That's fucking up the planet and taking people to the bottom of an ocean in a yeah. submarine yeah. that right. shouldn't have gone 10 feet under the ocean. And so that we so always don't be that, that person don't want to do. Yeah. Right. But it's like, if these billionaires actually cared, they could solve so many systemic issues, but that wouldn't help them make more money. And it's all about money at the end of the day. But when I you can't wait one. till you become a billionaire. So oh. go be a bill. I'm always like, so go be a billionaire. Go be one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go be one, change some shit. You know what I mean? I'm waiting for that. I'm right. waiting. Yeah. yeah. Because we actually have community. Like so many white people teach webinars in community because they don't know what the fuck that is because they're so separated. It's from not native themselves. to them. Yeah. Yeah. So we already have that going for us. Like building community is something natural that it's I innate. just do. And people right. are like, like I've dated people who are like, oh, Charlie, I like how community is important to you. And I'm like, how is it not important to you? I don't understand why it's a big deal. Like what? How do you exist by yourself? I just, yeah. I just reposted something this morning about that, where I'm like building a business by yourself is almost like it's anti POC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to make a new anything, if I want to make a new decision, on anything in my life, changing my son from one school to the next to, you know, buying into a new ETF to, I mean, to anything I'm calling up like my friends and being like, what do y'all think? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be right? Or you call your parents or you call, but you call on your people. Why, why is that different with business? Why is that any different with business? Why is that this whole, like, um, pulling yourself up from your own bootstraps. It's very Anglo. Like yeah. that, that comes from like white Protestant bullshit. And like, that's their issue. That's not our mm-hmm. issue. We've mm-hmm. never had no issues coming together and like sharing resources. Mm-hmm. So that even gatekeeping, gatekeeping is a fucking white practice. Mm-hmm. That's not a us practice. So like cut that shit out, cut that shit out, mm-hmm. share resources, talk about the shit that, you know, sharing knowledge is indigenous to our communities. Yes. And so getting back to that is 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 it's like our ancestral right I don't know if I'm getting too deep here but it very much is there's no such thing as too deep with me okay I'm a magical (laughs) mushroom in human form we go into the fucking matrix because we can we're out here blowing people's minds and saying what people are too scared to think about which is why I love having guests like you on my podcast which I like never really talked before we just hugged when I was crying at the summit because I was talking about family estrangement and I remember you came up to me and you hugged me and it's like thank you I'm not alone I'm not alone you're you're not You were so vulnerable. And I just thought that that was really, it was really lovely for you to feel that comfortable to do that. And I just felt that, you know, that burst of expression. I know we're talking about something that none of y'all, we were at this conference together and that's where we became booze. But, you know, Charlie stood up and just like spoke their truth. And I was just like, I got to go over and congratulate this person because 
that shit is hard. Like we've been taught to be hard. We've been taught to not talk about our emotions and disconnect our everyday reality from the way that we feel. But like Mm -hmm. our ancestors gave us this gut, gave us our intuition to like gave us spirit to, to guide us. And, you know, the, the, the powers that be have, have kind of pounded that out of us. They've told us like, be, Mm -hmm. you know, be stoic. There's, you know, estas loca, you know, or like, you know, just these types of messages that we've received and it's not, it's not true. Mm -hmm. It's not true. And so I saw you reconnect with self and with spirit in that moment. And I just wanted to go up to you and say like, I see you boo. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And being with other amazing people that made me feel safe, that were open to being challenged. Like the speaker was Rachel Luna. She went up there. I never heard of her before, Mm -hmm. but as soon as she started talking, I just started crying. And my friends next to me were like, what the fuck is wrong with Charlie? (laughs) Cause I just knew that something deep was going to happen because I'm reconnecting with my, my body. Yeah. I think a white supremacy makes us want to intellectualize and logic our way through shit. And that's not it. I'm basically reverse engineering and reconnecting back to five-year-old me because they knew exactly what the fuck they were doing and who they were. Right. It was just a lifetime of hurt adults projecting their shit onto me and trying to tell me who I was. Mm. So that's what adulting really is, is reconnecting back to your five-year-old self, but you have money now. So you can really do what you want. (laughs) And then we have kids. Honey, and then we have kids and we project all of our bullshit on on the babies. Like- Mm -hmm kids will push you kids will push you to fucking realize a lot of things in your er- the errors of your ways and the things that you have like they are what I love and here's me you know being somebody that was never like a baby lover I wasn't a baby lover I didn't want to be a mom and I always say that right I didn't want to mm. be a mom but you know after having my son I realized like children are really born with their own spirit they're mm. they're born you can help guide them and they are going to take on certain personality traits because of living in your household and socialization. Right. But people are born when we're children with our own spirit. And it's really, it's our job as parents to help foster that, you know, to to foster it, not to crush it, whatever your little spirit was at five, whatever, like baby Charlie's spirit was like, that's still in you. That is who you are. Right. And there's, there's everything great about that. That's wonderful because that makes you unique and special to the world. Somewhere along the line, somebody told you, you have to be this way. You have to look this way. You have to act this way. Um, and that's just bullshit. It's like, imagine if we raise kids to be really authentically who they are. Little kids know, man, they fucking know. They have this knowing and adults in general, not just parents, because community, I'm serious about that, right? Communities raise children and it is our role and response, you know, and as responsible, loving, caring adults to help the next generation come up to be truly who the fuck they are, whoever the fuck they are and give them the tools and protect them when the world is trying to fucking tell them to be something else. It's our job. It's our job to do that. And shit is hard, but it's our job. Yeah. I can't imagine having a child that like looks like you and has your DNA and calls you out on your shit and is a mirror of yourself. And you realize like, oh shit, damn. You're like, damn, I thought I was cute. I am not cute. <laughs> like, 
my son be telling me about myself boo my son be telling me about myself that i'm like okay i received i received that i got it got it mm-hmm I love it. I just have a cat. I'm cat daddy for now, but I also thought I didn't want kids. I also thought I didn't want cats. My exes would be livid if they found out after I complained about their cats that I freaking adopted a cat in Thailand and exported her ass and brought her to LA. I had an exotic import and now I have my own cat. Your exes right now are like seething. They're like fucking Charlie. Yeah. Gave me so much shit. Wait, so if you're, so let me ask you because you're lucky because your animal is non-verbal, but if your cat could talk about you, what would she say? Oh, she's chatty as fuck. She is, she can't speak English, but she understands Spanish. She's okay, but she, she understands Spanish, but I wrote a story. I saw this journaling prompt of write something about you from your pet's perspective. And Mm -hmm. I immediately journaled about how my cat saw me. I was sitting alone in rural Thailand in a guest house in the middle of the rice fields, just like journaling, working on my laptop alone. And Luna saw me and Luna is like, why is Charlie always alone? Why are they alone? They have so much Mm -hmm. love to give. Let me go up to them and make them feel like they're finally ready for me. They're ready for commitment. They're ready mm. for, for love. And when she yeah. came up to me out of nowhere, I just felt the sense of, are you looking at me? Because for too long, I've taken care of other people's pets, mm. always temporary. It was time to give them back. And I'd go and travel beyond my merry way. And I've been to 34 countries. I also could be that millionaire that's just like bopping around without my own house. Okay. <laughs> but... but yeah, she made me really confront a lot of these limiting beliefs about how I wasn't responsible enough for a cat. I wasn't financially ready. And then I was like, let me just see what happens. So she definitely made me confront a lot of past self stuff. As soon as she found me, I was crying because I finally gave myself permission to just try and ask for help, which is Mm -hmm. hard as a single parent. Like I had to ask for help. I was in a guest house, but they brought the food, they brought the litter books. I kept investigating because it was a big ordeal exporting her to get her vaccines and shit. And that was harder exporting her than just bringing her to the US. Mm. But it really made me feel like I was worthy of love instead of just being a behind the scenes person in my personal life. I'm not a behind the scenes person in my business, but I feel like in my personal life, I've been the behind the scenes person. That's just like, all right, I'll take care of your pets now, but I'm gonna go do my own thing and be alone because I'm not ready and responsible enough and then I was like no I love my animals so much while there's people out here fucking rehoming their pets because they're moving and I'm like I don't understand how you can't develop an emotional bond with an animal Mm. Um, I would lose my shit if I had to rehome my cat like she's my family now she's my daughter wait what's rehome rehome is this is a term I haven't heard before rehome is like getting rid of your animal yes like people do that a lot of people adopted animals during COVID because they didn't want to be alone and we all know when COVID quote-unquote ended people returned all these animals to the shelters and I was like I don't want to be that person I want to have an animal and know that I'm ready and just wait for the right moment and the right moment came for me where I least expected it okay (laughs) like I wasn't looking for an animal to adopt I hated cats I was never a cat person and then she just came up to me and seduced me with her green eyes and allowed me to to cut all the shit out of her and wouldn't bite me so I was like all right let me just see animals have their own spirits too man they're they're like 
they have animals are incredible i freaking love animals i love dogs but i grew up with dogs so i love dogs but they will also make you like recognize your shit. And a lot of times people go, I don't have, I don't have a kid, but I have a, and I'm like, no, 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 you're taking care of a life. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's comparable. You know what I mean? It's not like a human life, but you're still responsible for a life. And that's a big responsibility as well. And I think that, you, you know, what, anything that you are responsible for in terms of like living and their health, right. Whether it be an animal or a child, they bring out so many things in you they make you recognize your shit and also they show you that you have so much more um capacity for compassion and for love than you mm-hmm. thought then you probably gave yourself credit for like that's oh, what yeah. you said right i'm totally reparenting her in a way different way than my parents would talk to or about my dog siempre se quejaban del perro de que es huevón que no hace nada solo se la pasa comiendo y durmiendo and i'm like that's their job we're literally like they're prisoners <laughs> in our house and we're complaining that they're not is he supposed to go to work the fuck? <laughs> like that's the point so i'm very intentional about how i talk to her because when i first got her i remember I was noticing like, oh, I'm starting to complain that se la pasa durmiendo todo el día de huevona. And then I was like, nah, that's like parents shit that's trying to pass itself down to me that I'm just going to check myself. Like what matter. is she supposed to do? Wake up and like fucking be making you breakfast and shit, yeah. like, rubbing your feet? Like what? Is, she's a cat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's mad funny. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But I feel like as we're talking about parenting, I feel like that ties back to branding. You have to get in touch with your inner child Mm -hmm. and cultivate your brand like it's your own child and getting in touch with your inner child. Like for me, it's the playfulness. That's why people are surprised when they meet me that I'm a money coach because they've told me they expect me to be this stuffy person in a suit. And then they see me show up in my colors and tropical 55-year-old men retired outfits. And I'm like, what's up? We don't have to be stuffy to talk about money. and and twerking happens but I'd love for you to break down the difference between the objective of a business and branding itself because people confuse the two absolutely so a business's sole purpose in life is to make money if you don't make income if you don't have revenue you don't have a business right so that's that's very clear and then the brand aspect and its sole purpose is to build community and invoke um, and evoke emotion in in your community right um and that emotion uh therefore you know it it translates into the way that people act and sometimes it makes them act with their follow with their support with their referral or with their wallet um and so there's two you know there's they're two very very different things there are a lot of profitable businesses in the world that are not necessarily brands think about all of the multi-million and billion dollar wholesale companies in the world the the wholesale companies that supply the makeup brands right it's not like revlon is out here making their lipstick or chanel is making their lipstick they're buying that from a wholesaler and that wholesaler mm-hmm. is just a business all the, all they are concerned about is making money their pnl statement right and then, but the brand is Revlon. The brand is what makes people feel a certain way. It makes you feel sexy. Mm. It makes you feel, and whatever that feeling is, that's very intentional. That's what brand marketers mm. and brand people do, right? I.e. me. Mm-hmm. And so the intention behind the feeling, when people come to Charlie, right? When they come to uh, Traveler Charlie or the, or what was it? The unicorn with unicorn the- Unicorn millionaire. Million, unicorn millionaire. How, how dare I forget that? Oh. Unicorn millionaire. When they come to unicorn millionaire, <laughs> 
already in the name, like that evokes something fun and playful, right? That's intentional, right? Because if not, it would be, you know, Charlie Rodriguez Tejada uh, money coaching, right? I'm, I'm just making this up. That's not, that's not their name, but I'm just- I, I wish just that was that my last up. name. I'm a hella white last name. So. <laughs> I just made that shit up. But Future like- your wife, if you have a Latina <laughs> last name, hit me up. I hey. will convert. <laughs> We were looking for Rodriguez's or Tejadas or Jimenez's. But if it was that, right, that's very intentional. It makes you come, it makes you approach the brand in a very specific way. It is the reason why if we buy Chanel, we we feel fancy. We go to Amazon for convenience, right? And Starbucks is cultish, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you're part of the in crowd. It's the reason Mm -hmm. why people wouldn't allow me to have a fucking Android. I had grown adults telling me, get serious. How do you not have an Apple? And I'm like, it does the same shit. It's a phone, right? It's not about functionality. It is about the, uh, the emotion that the brand evokes. And that is what is so powerful about about brands. And that, you know, that's the, that's the big difference. So Mm -hmm. when you are building your brand, Think about how you want your potential customer or client to feel when they come to your website, when they come to your page, when they have that first clarity call with you, when they purchase that first course or that first, you know, tea bath, whatever it is, how do you want them to feel? What is the memory that they, that you want them to have after that? And this is hard because it takes practice, right? Building a brand is far more arduous a task. And it takes a lot longer than building a business. You Mm -hmm. can start selling pencils tomorrow. If you sell two pencils, you're a business. Mm -hmm. Punto final, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're a brand. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's a very, very, very distinct line in the sand. And and I think that if you want staying power, if you want to have impact, if those are your goals, if you want to create community, right? A lot of these like buzzwords, then you want to build a brand. If you want to be profitable, you build a business. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you transition into, you have a business and then you want to build a brand. And then that's, you know, I also help clients with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's funny because it's a lot easier to make money than it is to build a brand. It's a lot easier. Yeah, and as a money coach, I would encourage people to just make money first. Y luego te puedes enfocar in the logo and the branding and making that catchy. But in order to sustain your business and make it worthwhile, because no one's going to really pay you for like dressing differently. You have to believe that that is going to be investment in your future. Make money first and keep your costs low. Don't hire people right away. I've made 130K in sales in my three years of business, and I still don't have any full-time employees because I still want to get really good at selling out my own business and taking care of myself and funding my retirement before I even onboard other um, employees yeah. in my business. Cause I've seen people scale way too quickly. They just start a business and they have to hire 10 people because they automatically want to give back. And that's important, but you can't fill from an empty cup. You have to take care of yourself first. And I love that you said that Charlie, because the other exciting thing about being a really, really well-trained entrepreneur. And there is, this is a practice, right? This is a, a, a space that we are, you, you have to be in it to learn it. Right. And so I encourage everybody. And I learned this from like my nightclub and restaurant and bar and lounge days is that whatever makes a good manager, the, a good manager knows how to bartend, knows how to run tables, knows how to bus tables, knows how to dishwash, knows how to pay bills, knows how to place orders, 
you should know how to do every single area of your business. The millionaire entrepreneurs that I have had the honor of working under and supporting, you know, my for over a decade, those men taught me a lot about knowing every single area of their business enough to be dangerous right now that doesn't mean that tomorrow you're building up your own website and you're going to become a fucking seo expert but you know enough to know enough to, so that when you start hiring somebody and they're selling you right they're talking that shit they're like i'm about to make you a hundred thousand dollars in two days you know that it's bullshit yeah. right so you need to know enough about your business and every aspect of your business before you start hiring people and that takes time that mm -hmm. takes time you got to be out there you, if you're uncomfortable with sales, get comfortable with sales, sell enough. So where you're like, no, I'm, I'm in a, I'm, I'm not in a deficit anymore. Right. Like I'm, I'm surplus now. So now I'm ready to start hiring because I know exactly how the salesperson needs to talk and pitch my product. Mm -hmm. And I know exactly what they need to make. If you jump and you hire somebody, you are missing out on all of that rich learning. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why it takes time. Like even, you know, I do, I do part of what my services are. I do business consulting and I encourage everybody, you learn every aspect of your business before you hire somebody, you don't outsource and you definitely don't outsource your brand. So like yeah. when people go, you know, resuelvame. no, 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 that's not how this works. Mm -hmm. You got to do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Very DIY. I love it. So how can folks work with you? Do you have any projects coming up? Plug yes. your amazing self. Yes, please find me. Um, well, you can find me at colectiva.com. So that's C-O-L-C-E-C-T-V-A. There's no I, but it is colectiva. I know people are like collectiva. I'm like, eh, it's colectiva. <laughs> colectiva.com. Um, I am active really only on Instagram. Yeah. Same. I just be on there talking shit, right? Yes. At at Colectiva Brands. Um, and you can, you know, find me on the interwebs. I'm, I'm excited to, you know, talk to all kinds of new entrepreneurs. And thank you so much for having me. I don't have any new projects. I'm just always onboarding new clients because I think that when people, you know, our communities learn about the power of brand, they're like, oh shit, me voy a poner seria or serio or serie. Is it, mm -hmm. did I get it right? Yeah, I use male pronouns, but yeah, we're we're a very what is, what is the here. I'm learning I'm learning of the the middle ground of in Spanish. I did it. I eh, just learned la, it. La serie, uh -huh. serie, but I use male pronouns. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, for everybody, right? If somebody mm -hmm. uses serie, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're if you're getting serious about it, you know, I think that it's always it's always start paying attention, right? Start paying attention and looking into it before you before you start paying. So that's where we get in trouble. Yes. Yes. So hit Susanna up. This is awesome, yes. Susanna. I love that this was like our first time we actually talked before and we went into the main. We did. So what's <laughs> up? That's how it is out here. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great day. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this amazing episode. I have so much fun recording for this podcast, whether they're solo casts where I just go off about a particular topic or I invite you, my amazing community, come to speak together. I love this community that we're building. And speaking of community, I want to invite you to my next masterclass. It's called Twerk Your Way to a Seven Figure 401k. Hey, <laughs> that's going to be on August 31st at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern, 
and we're going to be talking all about how to use a 401k to retire early because the more you max out your 401k now, the less you're going to have to work in the future. Your 401k is what's going to be paying your bills when you're 85 and it can make or break the difference between you working your butt off for the rest of your life or actually retiring and even retiring early. So join that class and I'll be there to answer any and all questions that you have. It's going to be recorded, but joining live will give you the chance to ask me questions. So join and ask your questions. If you have a question, there's going to be people in the class who have questions too. And it's going to be a great chance for you to build community in a safe space with other LGBT, BIPOC, first gens who want to become wealthy so that they can help themselves and their communities because money is power and money is how we lift each other up. And if you wanted to get updates and join my mailing list, please sign up here. I'll put the link in the show notes for all of these goodies. If you want to book a call to work one-on-one with me as well. And please, please, please review the podcast. If it's on Spotify, if you're listening on there, please leave a five-star review. And if you like listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave, uh, it can be a one-sentence review, really. Because that's how we beat Dave Ramsey out of the top number one personal finance spot. (laughs) All right, y'all. Join my class and keep building wealth because we're here, we're queer, and we're building wealth together. The information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast is provided for general informational use only. Your purchase, download, and use of this material does not constitute a client relationship. The views expressed by the Unicorn Millionaire podcast hosts and guests are not intended to constitute accountant, legal, tax certified financial planner, stock advisor, or other professional advice. Users of this podcast material should not act upon this information. Users of this podcast material should do their own due diligence by independently verifying all information, products, and services mentioned with their own qualified professionals before making any decisions. We assume no responsibility for information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast and disclaim all liability with respect to errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Users of this podcast accept and understand the terms of the disclaimer.